Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Spees, the Director of Advancement here at DCC, and we want to thank you for joining us as we continue in our series, Our Calling, which is focused on hearing from our department chairs, staff, and coaches as they share their passion as program leaders and highlight the distinctives of their various programs. In this episode, we're going to welcome back the chair of DCC's Arts and Sciences Department, Dr. Mark Fish. Welcome, Dr. Fish. Thank you. It's good to have you. Dr. Fish has been on staff here at the college since the year 2000 and has served in many different roles, including our Quest degree completion program and also served as director of admissions for a period of time. And since 2007, he has served as the chair of the Arts and Sciences Department. Facilitating our discussion with Dr. Fish is the head of DCC's Practical Ministries Department, Dr. Eddie Sanders. And Dr. Sanders, I'm going to turn it over to you now for this episode of Our Calling. Yes, thanks. We're walking through this series of Our Calling, and we're just really excited and looking forward to hearing from each department chair, many leaders around the college of what are you passionate about? What's your calling? And how did that lead you to DCC? And how how has that infiltrated the program you lead? Well, thanks, Eddie. Um, Wow, it's a long journey, a lot in that at my age now. But uh, essentially, when I went to Christian College myself, I had prayed about it. I was actually heading for physics and math and sciences, and God had another plan. And I remember putting it into God's hands and found myself at a Bible college. And um, I committed to God at that point that I would serve him the rest of my life. So I did a preaching degree, which happened to have a minor in history, by the way. Uh, I continued into ministry immediately, so I didn't wait for something. My freshman year, I volunteered at a school, at a church, and got to preach at the school and various things. In fact, they even paid me a massive $7 a week for a church. And uh, But I, I, that was just helpful with gas, but I was going to do it regardless. And so I met the love of my life, and she loved God just as much. So we committed to being involved uh, regardless of what it was going to be. And so I did associate ministries and preaching ministries, although in the back of my mind, I always thought perhaps I would get to teach at a Christian college. So with that in mind, <laughs> I had been praying when we moved to Texas. We were looking at various churches, but I had been praying from Ephesians about to the God who can do exceedingly more than we ask or imagine. And I've got a big imagination, but DCC wasn't in on it. <laughs> Drove my wife by here, and John Derry, the president, hired her on the spot as his administrative assistant. And he said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm trying to choose between churches. He said, would you direct our ministering leadership program, and can you start tomorrow? I said, can I pray tonight? So wonderful. It, got, it was in God's hands. And sure enough, it was right. And so I started in August of 2000, and it was directing the ministry and leadership program because I have been preaching pretty much my whole life, still do. So while I've been here, my passion is ministry and God's kingdom and however he wants me to to do that. So uh, I got to start filling in about six months later for the uh, DeSoto Christian Church, and I've been filling in down there for 22 years. So it, it so far, so good. But I love preaching, and now I've been preaching for 46 years, 
something like that. And um, so I want to passionately help others to find their place in the kingdom. Where has God gifted them? I want them to feel really capable of doing that. So whether it was teaching ministry and Bible classes directly or teaching history classes, because I also got my PhD while I was here to help the school. So I love history and still get to teach ethics. I just got out of worldview and ethics, and we were talking Bible with these students. And that just really gets me excited because some of them stay afterwards and they want to mentor or be mentored. Um, Part of my passion is that students 15, 20 years later still call and ask for advice and direction. I, I find that just fantastic and very wonderful to my heart. Uh, so, yeah, I'm very passionate about seeing students succeed. And In fact, you and I have talked about it. When a young man or woman graduates, they first want to prove they can do the job. But then they think about the job and say, how can I make it better, more about the kingdom? After they've done that for a while, they say, well, it's not about me. It's about sending more people into the kingdom. So they begin to replicate themselves. They mentor people. To me, they make disciples. Jesus didn't say, go make numbers. He said, go make disciples. Mm. So uh, we've gotten rid of half my church now. They're Bible college uh, presidents, some of them, (laughs) and some of them are uh, translators around the world. To me, that's what you do with the church, and that's what we do with the kingdom here. We find that student, and we push them, drive them. We help them to do something. Good, thanks. So you showed up in Texas and started working here, and now you lead the arts and sciences area. How how does your calling infiltrate that degree program and all the classes under that? Good question. For those who don't know, the arts and science covers the general ed studies. So in a general, for spring, I had 36 classes to cover. That means I get to play with a lot of adjuncts. So part of mine is not just helping the students. It's finding adjuncts with a passion who have a journey to Christ. Sometimes it's pretty exciting, including the math teacher who was from the Soviet Union who escaped back in the 80s. And uh, she was telling me about various parts. And I said, well, do you care how much we pay? She goes, no, I just want to teach. I I don't have to do it for pay for that matter. And I'm thinking, wow, it's not just the students we impact. We get to meet some pretty extraordinary human beings who are teachers and adjuncts. We pay attention to that. I listen to the students who tell me, if we ever hire somebody that's not up to our par, students let me know. And we do our best to either fix it or find someone different. Because we have a very important standard here. We have that unique moment in that student's life to change it. Arts and science goes way back to the beginning of college education, which was pretty much liberal arts, making you a whole person for yourself, for your society and your family and the kingdom. So we're preparing them to be well-rounded, to understand the world in which they live, to be able to respond to different worldviews that are not theistic, but be able to speak to these people and talk to them about who and what Christ is for their lives. So we get to put together everything from biology and math to philosophy uh, and the various histories. But as we teach history, we look for God's hand in that history. In what way has God operating or was Satan operating? When I am walking down the hallway, whether it's in the morning, arriving, or 
heading somewhere or just slipping out. Sometimes I'll hear songs play, mm. like American Pie or a, a list of others. And talk me through, you seem to be in touch with culture and what artists were saying over the years. Can you give an example of why do you play songs in class? Well, partly because songs kind of bring in the student and helps them to relate. Uh, sometimes they pick the songs, and I learn from them. They they are able to learn how to evaluate the worldview of the artist. What are they saying? And that really opens up great avenues for communication to others, as well as understanding what's going on in that song that they thought was good, but maybe not, or other songs that are better than they thought. So I do that to introduce ideas. Uh, we played things like American Woman, yeah, uh, because they don't know it's about the Statue of Liberty. And we're talking about what's really going on, what's, what are someone reacting to, what's, what's happening in the context of the humans, which we relate all the way back to the biblical. What is the context into which Paul is preaching? Jesus is challenging. What does Jesus mean when he says, are you listening? Um, are we listening? And the students really seem to jump into it, such as in worldview and ethics. They will do media analysis, and they get to pick. So I've asked them, how would you like this class assessed? And they always say, media analysis. Why? Well, I get to pick my kind of song, and then I apply to it the techniques of saying what's really going on. Then I investigate the artist. How has their life been impacted by wealth and riches? like Hotel California. The Eagles are saying, we got to success and it's destroying us. It's not what they told us it was. I like to write a book called Overcoming Success rather than success overcoming you. Yeah, that's wow. that's very helpful. You know, artists really live on the on the front edge of culture and they have some insight and I I've really appreciated how you break that down whether I've heard it in times you've shared in class or, or when we have a meal together or a variety of other areas. What, what areas of research will students engage in with you? Well, in the arts and science, we have two degrees. One is the humanities, which is an associate degree to prepare you for any number of things. The other is interdisciplinary. And the interdisciplinary takes at least three areas they studied in fields of of study, a discipline, and then they learn to write a paper from all three integrated with synthesis and critical thinking involved. Tragically, across America, when tested, the graduates of our best universities, only 5% are judged proficient in the ability to think critically. We want more than that for our students, so we actually have classes on that. So when they get into the senior seminar for that degree, they will write from three different points of view from their fields of discussion on how to solve it, such as one of our students who had business and psychology and Bible put together a program because she learned that 75% of sex workers go right back within two weeks. So she developed a counseling to get you off the drugs. And number two, most of them don't know how to handle money. They've never handled their own finances. So she developed a financial program for them from a biblical viewpoint. Got hired immediately in Fort Worth doing that. One woman, the well child in a sick child family where all your resources and time are on the sick child. She developed a pamphlet to help parents know how do I parent 
the well child in a sick child family. Very powerful things. Uh, one of ours, uh, I shouldn't maybe name her, but she wrote so much for me in those papers. She said, I could write books. She's published at least three or four books and travels the country mm-hmm. speaking to women's groups around the world. Um, we ask a lot, but we believe our students can think. They can research and decide what is truth, what is spin. How could I create something better than what's already out there? Yeah, that's that is very significant and striking. What what makes your program distinct? Oh goodness. Well, first of all, interdisciplinary is important in today's world because number one, most people aren't going to be doing the degree they got from college. They're going to move around between degrees. So interdisciplinary gives you a broader field of awareness and how to integrate different things because God uses you in different ways. Check out with Noah, who's probably never seen a boat before God said, build one, or Moses, who said, am I ready now? Sheep training, 40 years, now you're ready. Um, We know that you can get into all kinds of master's programs and other programs no matter what your degree. Interdisciplinary allows you to move into all the areas you're interested in, plus we have a lot of transfer students. And when they want to transfer in hours, we have the largest uh, general elective area possible. So you're not losing those hours that you worked so hard for. Plus, as one of my students right now is getting ready to do his paper, he brought in agricultural sciences. We don't have farm sciences here, but he can still use that as he moves forward to write his paper. He's working on how do I solve famine and drought problems from a biblical worldview and historical view using what I've learned in ag science. How can I look at a real problem, maybe just over the border in Juarez or Metamoros? How can I do something significant? He's going to be writing me a 35-page paper on that student just finished a paper. She chose to write 50 pages because she got that excited. She was looking at how feminism has created problems for girls to understand the gender God gave them. And she wrote a brilliant research paper, 50 pages, not asked for. (laughs) That's good to follow up on that. What's an example or, or what was the situation when, when you walked away and you saw a student just really hit it out of the park? Not so much they, they got a 99 or 100, not, not the grade, but saying they really embraced and embodied the mission of the school. They're, they're in line with their calling. Uh, what's an example of that? Wow, there's lots of good ones. Just, again, last semester we had a student when I was talking about various uh, various worldviews, and he said, well, I came to this school as an atheist to play ball, but I've taken Bible classes here, and now that I'm in this class, I am a believer, and my responses now are as a theist. I am totally a different person. Or any number of baseball players who have said, I came here to do this or that or to get rich. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to be a missionary. Or... One of our professor's kids said, I'm going to do one of three internships. Which one should I do? And I said, explain each one. One was down in Houston. It was a nice, rich church, going to pay him money. Most of our internships don't always pay money. And and finally explained one in Scotland that didn't pay anything, and it was with his his ex-girlfriend's dad. I said, which one's the hardest one? He said, that one. Which one would take more faith? He said, that one. I said, then that's the one you should do. Don't do what's easy in your mind. Do what God 
requires God to be a part of what you're doing, he said, all right, I'll do that. And there he went. That, that is very rich and meaningful. And in, in our culture where we, we love microwaves and want results quickly, and we want life to flow easily, we often turn away and avoid that. And yet, just thinking about the arts and sciences, how many of all that that has created, you know, I'm thinking a thousand years ago in, in Europe, you know, that didn't come easily. And faith was often at the at the heart of it. Yeah, that's excellent. Excellent stuff. I want to thank Dr. Mark Fish for sharing, and I hope that uh, what you've heard today has inspired you. Uh, I would encourage you, one of my favorite podcasts from last year was one that you did on uh, the history of the Restoration Movement, and we did that as a uh, precursor to our uh, celebration of DCC's uh, birthday and, and the establishment of the school, but uh, September 20th, 2021 is the episode, and if you wanted to hear more from Dr. Fish, you can certainly check that out by going to any of the, the places you like to uh, find podcasts. That would include Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and Podfriend. If you want to learn more about how you can uh, discover your calling and live out uh, some of the things that were discussed here uh, by Dr. Fish. And I would encourage you as well, last week or a couple of weeks ago, the, uh, the episode by uh, President Brian Smith, uh, all focused on common themes, a discipleship focus here at Dallas Christian College, holistic education, looking at the world from a Christian worldview. All those things you can learn more about by going to our website at www.dallas. In the meantime, we want to thank you for again joining us for this episode of the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast. Take care, stay safe, and have a great day.